Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations, Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. Hey there, and welcome once again to another episode of Strange Planet, and I thank you for sticking me in your ear. Uh, if you'd like to get deeper into Strange Planet, you might want to consider becoming a premium subscriber, and it's real easy to do. Just click on the link in the episode notes, or uh, it's strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm, strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. There are three monthly tiers uh, to choose from. Tears, not as in crying, boo-hoo, as in T-I-E-R-S, or levels, if you will. Three programs, monthly programs. Choose the one that's right for you, and uh, you gain access to commercial-free listening. I love my sponsors, but sometimes it's nice just to listen without the ads. Uh, also, you gain uh, access to bonus episodes produced just for you, and a subscription to my free or to my monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum. So, again, it's strangeplanet.supportingcast.fm. All right, we're going to uh, get into a discussion of multidimensionals and elemental beings. And uh, we're going to do that with, you know, I've been uh, talking in this arena, if you will, paranormal ufology for 23 years. And I have never met or spoken with my next guest, and it's my fault entirely. Uh, but we're going to remedy that right now. Laura Eisenhower. Uh, really needs no introduction. She's a, a global alchemist, a researcher and medical intuitive, an astrologist, internationally acclaimed speaker, 
who has presented her work worldwide. She is, of course, the great-granddaughter of President Dwight David Eisenhower, the 34th President of the United States, and she reveals exopolitical information about his administration that has been largely held in secrecy. She's considered by many to be one of North America's leading researchers and experts on health, exopolitics, alchemy, metaphysics, astrology, and galactic history. She's the author of Awakening the Truth Frequency into the Unified Field, and you can hear her speak at uh, an upcoming uh, event. It's uh, put on by Disclosure Fest. It's called Stairway to the Stars. It's happening November 10th, 11th, and 12th in Las Vegas at the beautiful Luxor Hotel. And uh, she is speaking on the Sunday, I believe. Laura Eisenhower, welcome to Strange Planet. Hello and forgive Thanks me. Thanks for having me, Richard. <laughs> I can't believe we've never talked before. It's Again, it's my fault entirely, but uh, here we are. Oh, gosh. No, it's wonderful to be here. I think I'm also speaking on the Friday. I think I have two slots in a, a panel. Ah, but, uh, excellent. Okay, yeah, right. No, right. I, I, it's great to be on. You're on the Friday, the 10th, and the Sunday, the 12th, and uh, that's in the Egyptian Ballroom at the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas. Uh, information can be found at disclosurefest.org. Also, the link is in the episode notes. Um, do you ever get tired of talking about your great-granddad and president and his well, encounters with ETs and so forth? It gets a little overwhelming because it's, it's obvious I'm the only person in the family that's willing to talk about this stuff. It'd be nice to share that with other family members, but it's just me. Um, I don't always talk about him, but because there is so much that happened in his administration and a lot of false narratives being steered. It just seems like, you know, it's something to delve deep into, but yeah, I don't always talk about him, but it, it definitely comes up a lot. I, I bring up quite a bit of it in my book, yeah. but so much more that I just share that I think I would be sharing despite my relations with him. So, but yeah, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't say I get tired. I, I think uh, uh, I, I get tired of, other things um maybe the the need to uh you know have to do so much um and not really feel like it's going very far sometimes just because of the censorship but that's about it otherwise i just right. i love this mission i love the people i meet and it's really cool yeah i mean I, I i'm not very familiar with you myself so it's it's awesome to be here so your great-grandfather he, he passed away in 1969 so, uh, I mean, yeah. you look pretty young. I mean, do you, what, do you have any memories of him? Uh, I do of Mamie. Uh, she was alive till 1979 and we would go to the Gettysburg farm and, and me and my sister would hold her hands or my sister and I would hold her hands, uh, on her bedside by her, by her side. Um, Eisenhower was more like a spirit guide. He was very present in my childhood and that's when, I really started to kind of download or get in touch with the deeper mission. I felt like he was helping to prepare me for uh, the path ahead and just helped to guide me and steer me in the right direction to um, unearth a lot of information that he sort of alluded to in his final speech. And I, I just discovered so much more than I imagined that I would about the pos uh, positive military that he set up and um, yeah, stuff that you don't really hear about. So lately I've been, disclosing information that uh, helps to shine light on what really took place after the Second World War. I don't know what I'm able to share on your channel. I've been censored and banned for some of the things that I've shared on this topic. And I wouldn't want 
to put um, your channel at risk. But, you know, I think it's pretty obvious that we did not win the war. Um, and it's a war on consciousness now. And a lot of the different projects that infiltrated the U.S. Uh, and, and countries all over the world that spread its tentacles have a lot to do with the spiritual warfare, the psyops, the indoctrination, and just the continual waves of um, deceptive energies that come in every time we're about to take a big leap as a humanity. I like that. So term, I'll kind of leave it. At that, but, um, I, I like that term, spiritual warfare. I use it a lot. Um, I mean, how else to explain what is going on uh, these days? And just for the record, I mean, the the video portion of this goes up on Rumble, so I think we're pretty safe and. I've been oh, pretty good, well, yeah. left alone with my podcast. So, you know, uh, feel free to divulge as much uh, as you, as you want. Now, when you talk about the, the second world war and I've, you know, the, I think it's pretty well known now that the, um, the, uh, the German army surrendered, but the third Reich did not. So I guess that's what you're alluding to in terms of, you know, we didn't win, we didn't win. They just basically moved their, their base of operation. Is that the idea from right. Germany, what to yeah. wall street? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much infiltrated most power sectors and institutions and educational medicine, uh, medical industries, Hollywood. Um, and yeah, so the uh, Antarctica base and Admiral Byrd's mission, which failed, uh, led to this flyover of UFOs over the Capitol. And that's actually when an unconditional surrender agreement took place under the Truman administration, basically saying that we were surrendering to the Nazis, the ICC Nazi Draco Alliance. And so it made it impossible for somebody like Eisenhower to sign any treaties with any ET groups. So the fact that that's the narrative that's been steered is actually uh, not the full truth. He had a strong alliance with Val Thor that uh, helped advise him about what to do. So he set up a lot of positive military like the White Hats and the Earth Alliance and, uh, yeah, worked really closely with Val Thor. And, and a lot of people think that that took place at the end of his administration when he put him on Pentagon VIP status for three years. But in actual fact, the communications were going on previous to that. And actually, Eisenhower invaded Dulce, deep underground military base, and attempted to invade area 51 so we only hear about the dulce wars connected to what phil schneider has said but in actual fact in 1954 he invaded dulce underground base and so a lot of that information has come to light uh through the senior advisor to the earth alliance whose name is dan cooper and we ended up having a back and forth over the course of the last couple of years and um you know with no benefit to himself but just to divulge this information and uh, i asked him pretty much every tough question and uh he revealed so much and said it was absolutely impossible that he would have signed any treaties. And these treaties actually originate in the 1930s and um, Roosevelt's administration. Uh, and so uh, my book covers a lot of this kind of stuff. But, you know, there, there's a lot of plants and a lot of misinformation, disinformation. Um, and, you know, I try and get as close to the truth as possible. But I encourage everybody to do your research, have an open mind. It's, it's just important we bring all this to the conversation. But it's really, really hard uh, when there's so much compartmentalism and this information that I've gotten was way above top secret. So even whistleblowers couldn't get their hands on this information. So even though Phil Schneider and folks like William Cooper said that Eisenhower signed the treaties, that's what they were told because they're not going to give them the top, top secret information because they never wanted anybody to know that there was an unconditional surrender agreement under Truman around the time that the UFOs flew over. So, so that's an interesting 
peace? Yeah. So no treaty signed, um, but but did uh, your great grandfather, President Eisenhower, did he meet with aliens at Edwards Air Force Base in in 1954? Well, treaties were signed, but it was MJ-12 who did it behind his back. Um, from what I've come to understand, he might have been present at one of the meetings, but he had no authorization. He had no power to sign any treaty because when the unconditional surrender agreement took place, everything went to the three-letter organizations and MJ-12. The president like literally was more there for appearances, more there for probably uh, just being scapegoated later on um, because there would be whistleblowers saying that he he was in attendance to at least one of the meetings. So I have no proof. I mean, I have, and, and even with the stuff that I'm revealing, I have proof as much as what's been revealed to me by multiple sources and seeing the common threads and the dots that are connecting um, with those sources, like makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, if there was an unconditional surrender agreement, you know, he had to kind of go along with it on a surface level, but that's when he started to set up all the, you know, positive forces like Ike's force, earth Alliance, and his relationship with Valthor helps him to petition the guardians. So some SSP whistleblowers have talked about the outer barrier that was put around the planet um, and this particular person, Dan Cooper, has really laid out the chronology, which also makes a lot of sense. And that, no, he didn't sign any agreements, but he did have the benevolent advisor, Val Thor, who came in with Victor One and a whole crew. And supposedly they parked their motherships all over the planet, uh, particularly the location I heard about was Lake Mead. And I've heard more and more about how ships come in and out and there's this whole underground thing going on. So, yeah, I'm just trying to gather as much information as possible. And uh, and it does make sense because he tried to defeat the Nazis. And it wasn't under his administration that this took place in 1952. And it makes sense because 1947 was Project Paperclip and then the right. Admiral Byrd expedition. And so there are so many different reasons that the president would lose control um, and never really had that much control. He was a popular person after the so-called war got won. But I really do feel that they tried to steer him in a direction he wasn't willing to go. They saw him as a threat. So better to keep your opposition close, how they say about enemies or whatever. And maybe he felt that way as well. But um, I think Valthor really helped to influence his final speech that only a knowledgeable and aware citizenry could really take this down and his warning about the military industrial complex because Valthor tried to assist and had a mission connected to helping to awaken humanity um, and also to, you know, positive um, methods that we could be using to, you know, end war and and some higher level healing technologies in this and that. But that got vetoed. So, you know, what more can one do when the president doesn't even have the power to be able to um, the shadow government had gained so much uh, authority and so much influence that, you know, the, the office of presidency became a major joke. Uh, he advised Kennedy and in great depth and we see what happened to kennedy he got assassinated and then pretty much after that all the presidents have been groomed by three-letter organizations and are very much manchurian candidates there's sleeper agents everywhere i mean it's just like a completely different um thing now and and fortunately and i don't want to there's uh, a baton that's sort of been passed like next to trump right that something was passed along and and that he would be privy to more information about what really took place. So I, I almost don't feel like he's standing for a political party. He just inserted himself, chose this particular um, political um, label, but 
it's it's very different than both sides being owned like we've seen. So, you know, I'm kind of on the fence, but I I, I feel really encouraged as well because when you just hear the stuff that comes out of his mouth, we will not consent. We will not allow these mandates. I mean, we'll drain the swamp. I mean, that alone. Right, is, right. It's compared against, to what we're dealing with. We call it the deep state or some people call it the administrative state or some people call it permanent Washington, which is basically both parties, uh, the Republicans and the Democrats. Um, yeah, he was dealing with the GOP and the dark side of the Republicans. and But I'm not here to like advocate for him. But I mean, I feel that this was definitely way different than the right versus left scenarios that we've been dealing with. Mm. Um, it's not about left and right anymore, is it? It's about big and small and, and, and the, the chasm that exists between, you know, the rulers and, and, and the rest of us, the great unwashed, I guess they would refer to us as. Um, yeah. And getting out of that sort of elitist, you know, mentality and being about the people. I mean, that's, I mean, what more can one hope for without giving their power away? It's not about that. You know, it's about understanding, yeah, what we're up against and, really understanding like we are saying the spiritual warfare, the war on consciousness, all the manipulation coming through the media is that mockingbird that came along with paperclip. So. So the um, Joseph Farrell, I don't know if you've, you, you, you've met yeah. Joseph and or read him, but um, he talked about the, the Nazi international, uh, which is basically what we're confronted with now. This is, you know, I guess the, the descendants of the, of the Nazis, who moved their base of operation from Berlin to wherever, I don't know, Argentina or, you know, underground bases in the Antarctic. Um, um, so are they, are they still the, the Nazis, uh, the, the fourth Reich, maybe we can call them. Are they still in alliance with uh, certain races of ETs? And if so, who, which ones? Are, are the Nazis you're saying? Yeah. Um, well, from what I understand, uh, they are connected with the Dracos and the Dracos have been associated with, you know, some Nordics, right? Not all of any race is negatively polarized. It's either service to self or service to others. So, yeah, there was that base or that underground city, New Berlin, that um, was established um, and, and, you know, a lot of in the history of the Nazis, you know, were originally connected with the, you know, Palladians, and then they turned down working with, or they decided not to work with the Nazis anymore. And it ended up being the Draco Alliance, but, you know, with some, you know, Nordics being involved that were all about sort of the um, eugenics and just, I guess what one would call like racism. Um, so as of like today, I mean, it's really hard to say. I mean, some would say that these members are hybrids and shapeshifters um, and others would maybe be blackmailed or or just uh, they joined in with sort of these dark agendas, um, not so much through family or through the military connections, but through blackmail, through just, you know, the indoctrination or just, I mean, a lot of the individuals that are part of the secret space programs or the ritual abuse and this and that, it tends to be multi-generational, but, but, you know, there, there's also a recruitment factor um, that seems to have opened itself up. So, you know, some say that all of this is being wiped out and they don't really exist anymore. And we're just the, on the final legs of, um, you know, some of this, and it's really hard to say because I don't have direct connect 
Um, but so the first contact with the Nordics was by the Nazis in some uh, like 1929. And so New Berlin was the city that was given to them. Um, but I think there's a fine line between the Pleiadians and the Nordics. So somehow the Nordics or I mean, it's 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 ugh, kind of getting conflicting information because some of the other whistleblowers said that the Pleiadians wanted to um, work with them. And then it just then there was uh, something about, yeah, the Dracos, the Greys and, you know, some Nordics. Right. So there might be a confusion between are the Nordics and the Pleiadians the same? Well, they look the same. Um so yeah, I I've, I have like a whole lot of different information. So when I wrote the book, I, I kind of lay it all out there, and it's sort of like okay, with the help of the weeder, maybe we could come, you know, to terms, you know, with some of this. But Commander Valiant Thor supposedly warned us in 1952 about the Greys and the Nordics because the Greys he was warning us about were still connected with the Nazis. So where is that today? Where are the Draco? Where are the Nazis? Um, well, I mean, I, I, I would imagine that there's still some occupying these underground military bases. Um, some, I feel, uh, have changed their their agenda or their orientation to serving the dark because they realize that there's nowhere left that they can really go. So they're maybe looking to create more peace. I mean, I've done readings for people that are from these kind of bloodlines and families that are breaking that agreement, right? Um, but yeah, what it looks like as far as where they are, where they're occupying, I still think there's um, a lot of them still around because supposedly this outer barrier was created in order to, to kind of trap them so they couldn't come in anymore and they couldn't leave. So if they can't leave and they're being exposed, then they're probably with every last ditch effort doing all they can to create suffering, confusion and divide and conquer, right? So even though they couldn't read anything past 2012, as far as the looking glass technologies being more like on the human sphere, um, what more than likely is taking place is that all they really have left as a weapon is media, is um, convincing people of something other than what is truly available in this ascension window period, which the guardians and you know other benevolent ETs like Val Thor and our own higher mind and DNA coding is already carrying. Right. But as long as they can keep us dumbed down and unable to access those other layers of ourself, they're still kind of in the game. And and it's almost like because in many ways, at least the greys that have been enslaved by them are sort of a dying species. You know, when something's in a certain level of survival, it doesn't really care if it's lost or won. It's just looking for anything to sustain itself. And, you know, people talk about a bifurcation and a phantom earth where the AI and the assimilation of the AI into certain humans that will engineer them out of their soul matrix is still going to exist. But we're talking like probably a, a way smaller population than there would have been if there wasn't all this sort of awakening or, you know, ability while there's a bifurcation to bridge between the two splitting timelines to do all we can to pull individuals out of it. And I feel once the frequency of that individual changes, so does the dark technology that is relying on a low vibration and frequency within the individuals for it to even work. So I still feel a lot are going to come over to the light. And then when we see a larger picture of, you know, the, the situation that the greys have been in, there are a lot that are taking the positive orientation in order to um, break free of their captors in hopes, same with the humans, that will be understanding to what they've been up against and what they've been under. 
you know, it's going to be a lot easier for people to be forgiving when they realize the trauma-based mind control or the my labs or the manipulation some of these individuals have endured versus the dark lords that are behind it that um, are just, you know, creating um, this kind of scenario over the course of thousands of years. So how much more are they doing it? I heard the adrenochrome supply is like not what it used to be. We see a lot of celebrities kind of like losing it. We see like, you know, like certain things are crumbling. And, and you know, with with the insanity of the Biden administration, it's it's basic common sense at this point. It's not adopting a conspiracy. It's just like, it's all there. Like it, it should not be a far stretch for people to realize how duped they've been. Laura, we'll take a time. So sorry, that didn't really answer your question because I really don't quite know. But I mean, I figure, you know, there's still a lot going on, but how far they're going to go is a whole nother thing because they are, from what I've heard, not able to leave. So Interesting. All right, Laura, we'll take another time out back with more of Laura Eisenhower. The book is Awakening the Truth Frequency into the Unified Field. Back with more in a moment. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal, but if you want more, Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The truth will set you free, free, free. But first, it will really tick you off. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Laura Eisenhower is here, and she will be speaking at the uh, Stairway to the Stars 
uh, conference. It's a Disclosure Fest presentation, disclosurefest.org for more information happening November 10th, 11th and 12th in Las Vegas at the Luxar Hotel. And she is speaking on the Friday, that's November the 10th, and also on Sunday, the 12th in the Egyptian Ballroom, Luxor Hotel, disclosurefest.org. Uh, if we could, I, I just want to go back to um, uh, your father's presidency leading into the Kennedy uh, presidency. And what did, I mean, what has your great-grandfather told you, communicated to you about what he relayed to to Kennedy as he was coming into office? Yeah, I bet he told him everything he possibly could. And just to, just to kind of circle back really, really quick, it was 1934 that a group of Palladians approached the U.S. government under the Roosevelt administration in an effort to work out an eventual uh, military disarmament agreement, but the U.S. refused, and that's when they approached Hitler, but that fell apart because he it was about protecting you know the Jewish people. So anyway, all I, I have so much testimony in my book about all this. It's very interesting. So I would imagine that Eisenhower passed on to Kennedy as much as he possibly could about the unconditional surrender agreement. Um, I mean, I, I, I know that that wasn't something that was meant to be known. You would think, and that probably somebody like Kennedy would have been privy to that without Eisenhower needing to brief him more than likely what he briefed him about was um, some of the positive military that he set up um, kind of handing the baton over uh, Kennedy, I think was very much in agreement to not going along with the Illuminati plan for new world order he wanted to, I mean, didn't he fire Dulles? I mean, he he was doing all sorts of things to begin to dismantle um, the Federal Reserve and the three-letter organizations. And because he has a link to the Illuminati bloodlines, what I've come to understand is if if you have an, a family oath, that's enough for them to assassinate you. That they're Because they're not just going to assassinate unless there is some sort of oath. That's why certain whistleblowers... Um, if they made some kind of agreement or signed something, it puts them in a little bit more of a dangerous position. I mean, everybody was threatened with death if they didn't go along with the unconditional surrender agreement, every president that followed Truman. So the fact that Eisenhower could only really warn us and set up things covertly that were benevolent, um, whatever he said to Kennedy, which he spent a long time doing on the golf courses, <laughs> um, might have crossed the line a bit. And, and you know, what is a person supposed to do? It's just like, wow. Um, and I don't know, you know, I'm just sort of speculating about the oath thing. I mean, but I, 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 I kind of get that there's certain folks that have immunities, right? So Dan Cooper, who told me all the stuff, said he has immunities. There's others that uh, like Val Thor who have immunities are allowed to share certain things. Um, I, I, I'm not quite sure why or how that works. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I, I I would imagine that uh, it really influenced him. Mike Barra just did a presentation at the Las Vegas event, and it showed the speech that Kennedy would have said if he was alive to say it. And it exposed a lot of all of this kind of stuff around, um, you know, ETs. And basically, uh, you know, when we think about disclosure and the disclosure that we sort of inherited, how much of it is even true, right? When we lost Kennedy and we lost that information that Eisenhower passed along to him, and now we're just dealing with three-letter organizations and false narratives and disclosure that might not be the true disclosure, we're also vulnerable to things like fake alien invasions and the problem reaction solution when it comes to maybe even benevolent looking ones that are coming in to save the day. And without having the deeper information about the technologies, about what they're capable of doing, about the manipulation of media and this and that um and all the different areas that it spread as tentacles you know 
people go to school and they get false history and then they feel a false sense of confidence about where we actually are at as a country and and have a um a belief that we're actually the home of the free the land of the brave or the home of the free. and and uh so the wokeism and globalism has really just targeted a lot of well-intentioned people that have no idea that that's a part of the master of disguises of this agenda just moving into a different persona in order to appeal to the evolving people that they're looking to ensnarl and hijack with uh this climate change stuff and everything like that which it's hard to express without people getting upset like no doubt you know we need to take care of our environment and there's oh, things that are you're among friends i i i, I talk <laughs> almost daily about the climate change hoax uh and it's you know i think covid was a beta test for the you know the climate lockdowns and so forth and here they come um you mentioned kennedy's assassination and and i want to get your your thoughts on this because um i don't feel enough attention has been made between uh or the nazi connection to kennedy's death because um i'm trying to remember the uh the guy that escaped the hangman's noose in, uh, in at nuremberg uh, dornberg dornberger uh, came over uh, through Operation Paperclip, became president or whatever of Bell Helicopters. And of course, you know, who had the most to lose when Kennedy decided he was going to, you know, pull everyone out of Vietnam? Bell Helicopter. I mean, that was a cash cow for them, Vietnam. So, you know, Dornberger, um, one of his associates, um, Michael Payne, um, you know, Michael Payne and his wife, Wife Ruth, they be they they befriend the um, uh, the Oswalds. Like, why? You know, why would they they become friendly with this uh, this couple that just came over from the Soviet Union? Um, so I don't know. I I think you know the Nazi connection has been kind of avoided or in, in his death. What, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's a lot of. I, I don't know what the exact question is, but I mean, there's a lot more to it than um, things about aliens or the Federal Reserve. Uh, I Some authors and researchers have gone into depth about he was killed uh, because he had secured a deal with the Soviet Russia and Premier uh, Nikita Khrushchev to jointly yeah. go to the moon and share with our Cold War adversary what we discovered there. And so Mike Baird just wrote a book about it. He just did a presentation about it. And um, um it just announced yeah, so, his assassination is basically what I was asking your thoughts. Right. So if there's a lot of occupation of the Nazis and dark fleet and uh, different levels of the secret space program connected to the Nazis, then any uh, maybe mission connected to going off planet would have met with this um, takedown. I mean, I think it's a mix. I think it's all of it. I think it's all the above that there are multiple reasons Um and I think some of this is resurfacing today with like Space Force. Maybe some of the things that weren't able to happen back then are happening now. And maybe the numbers are too big to be able to take it down. I think so many of us are able to speak on these matters without the threats that people like Phil Schneider and William Cooper and other whistleblowers, you know, had because the numbers have grown. And this is an ascension window period, whereas back then, um, you know, you were definitely often taken out if you posed any you know threat and if anybody was going to be behind it it's the nazis it's their it's their trauma-based mind control it's their ability to create assassins and and have somebody else do their dirty work um so all that kind of manipulation i mean we're we're seeing you know today with humans not behaving in the way they normally would because they are 
being sent instructions or signals, or they've been somehow um, groomed or mind controlled to do certain things. And that's all like Nazi stuff, Mengele stuff, you know, the Tavistock Institute, you know, was, was completely about the mind control of Hitler, I feel. And how these institutions spread its tentacles to different hospitals and different uh, areas that people would come in and be groomed to play a particular role on a public level. Um, so if he posed any threat at all, it would have been them that would have taken him out. So I'm not sure if I'm answering it correct because yeah, more and more information is coming to us all the time. So well, you mentioned Tavistock is an interesting, you know, brainwashing Hitler. And he was, I think his sister lived in Liverpool and he was in England. Uh, and some people say that, uh, he was at the Tavistock and um, then the Tavistock rears its ugly head again in connection with the, you know, child affirming care, so-called. Uh, thankfully, they've shut that program down where, you know, they're basically, um, you know, trying to affirm a, a, a girl who thinks she's a boy and a boy who thinks she's a girl. That that was Tavistock. Yeah, right. Gosh. Um, yeah. So. 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 Go ahead. Um, oh, I, it was just kind of a quick aside because you mentioned Tavistock. But um, you, let's get back to what your great-grandfather was doing in terms of these, you know, trying to remedy, you know, the situation. He walks, he finds himself in where the Americans have surrendered unconditionally in 1952 to the, the Nazis and their ET allies. So your great-grandfather then decides to create these other institutions and forces like you mentioned the earth Alliance. Tell me a little bit more about these and what they were doing and what the intent was. Right. Okay. So there, there's a lot to share on that. Um, okay. So Eisenhower really had no choice, but to on a surface level, like I said, I'd go along with this unconditional surrender agreement and, um, and MJ-12 only had the legal authority, so he needed to establish the Earth Alliance. So, okay, um, just to quote Dan Cooper, Ike had no choice but to openly comply with the official instrument of surrender, the unconditional surrender of the United States to the Nazis, um, signed by all of Congress and most of the prominent businessmen of the period on July 19th, 1952, when Truman was president. Um so he opposed the instrument of surrender of 52 secretly by establishing various military and civilian covert units for that purpose. One of them was Ike's Force, also known as the United States Marine Corps Special Section, which continues today. This U.S. military unit is the most successful military unit in uh, opposing the, uh, the interplanetary corporate conglomerate Nazi draconian empire alliance today by far. He ordered the first attack on the Greys at uh, Dulce, New Mexico, knowing that he would lose that battle just to learn more about his enemy and to test his best against them. They lost 30 to one in the Dulce Wars, which occurred way before the 1969 one. Um, anyway, I'm getting to the Earth Alliance part. This battle at the deep underground military base of the Greys occurred more than a decade before. Several thousand US Special Forces troops engaged against the Greys forces then. Nearly half of them lost their lives. That's where the name um, Ike also established the White Hats, the first of which were Texan U.S. generals and admirals. That's where the name White Hats came from. Ike's White Hats are the ones that brought Ronald Reagan into their fold right after the Nazi alliance had him shot for attempting to disclose the SSP. It was Reagan and the White Hats that had Dan convinced China to do business. Um, and in other words, it was Ike established the Earth Alliance. If it weren't for him, there wouldn't be an Earth Alliance today in the position to defeat the Nazi Draco Alliance. Um, so... 
the Earth Alliance does it's there's a lot about like nonviolence, right? How this also connects with the Guardians. Um, so the Guardians assure me that we will prevail uh, in the Earth Alliance conflict with the ICC Nazi Draco Alliance. Why else would the Guardians have wasted their time and resources coming here if that weren't the case? So, um, you know, their operations are somewhat kept in quiet. They advise or speak with the White Hats and it's sort of nonviolent. It's more about education, but it's also they, they do a lot of missions and he can't tell me everything. But this was, you know, set up um, and. Yeah, um, let's see. The U.S. failed miserably in that effort, 1952, and was forced to unconditionally surrender because um, they attempted to catch up to the Nazis from 1946 through 1952 um, with, I think, just, you know, the, the understanding of the technologies or having some kind of access. And um, so the whole Project Paperclip thing and in regards to what Dan has to share is a little bit different than what we hear about. But uh, the Nazis allowed a handful of their best scientists to get captured in order to spy on the U.S. to see how far they were coming along in their game of catch up and to steer them, the U.S., in the wrong direction and send that, them down a bunch of dead ends. So when we look at sort of the indoctrination and manipulation part, and, and that's a very interesting thing. And I've heard a lot of different things that Nixon knew where all these scientists were placed and all the military individuals and then was able to... Um, pass that information along to Trump to know exactly how to drain the swamp. Like this has all been like a baton being passed down. So the activities of Earth Alliance are a little bit difficult to fully know. I've got a lot of information in my book, but it relates to the Guardians. It relates to, you know, the White Hats. And Dan has a direct connect with the Guardians and he's the senior advisor. So and then he advises and talks with the White Hats. So. so uh, sorry. Eisenhower kind of seeded this up and then it kind of took over and was passed along to those that were still willing to play a benevolent role and not just serve this unconditional surrender agreement. But again, look at the assassinations, uh, the attempt on Reagan. Right, right. I was just going to mention Reagan and back in, I think it was 1981, um, he went to Germany and um, vi I believe Helmut Kohl was the uh, chancellor of Germany at that time. They visited that uh, SS cemetery in Bitburg. And of course, Reagan took a lot of flack for that. Uh, basically what, he was forced to do that because the uh, there were still Nazi generals in the Pentagon or any thoughts on what happened there? I'm not sure, not sure. Um, that would be a good question for him. Yeah. Um, it just, so, I guess, I guess it sh yeah. shows the influence that the Nazis had over the Reagan administration that he was forced to go and lay a wreath at a, an SS cemetery in Bitburg. Um, I wanted to ask you about Donald Trump's Space Force. So, is that an extension of what your great grandfather Ike was trying to do? I really do feel that way. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know as much as I'd like to, um, but I'm going to find out more because I'm going to be, I think, getting to know those folks a little bit better. I'm going to be attending a conference uh, that has some of the people um, that are part of it that are going to be there. And yeah, I mean, the Earth Alliance is probably the most benevolent of all levels of the secret space programs. And we have Solar Warden as far as like monitoring who is 
but I think everything changed when the Earth Alliance was created because um, of this outer barrier. So yeah, I mean, there's 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 like a lot there. Um, I do feel that for every positive thing that there is, there's sort of a psyop version, and we get a lot of false information about what these groups and even white hats are actually doing that isn't exactly accurate. You know how some people say, oh, they executed a whole bunch of them or they cleared out this military base. And I asked Dan about it and he's like, a lot of that's not accurate. A lot of that is to create a lot of complacency, you know, and even aspects of that whole trust the plan is something to be kind of wary of and watchful of. Not to say that there isn't a huge portion of it that makes a lot of sense, but anybody can kind of take that run with it, pretend that they're a part of some of this mm-hmm. and completely lead people astray and this is the problem with like deception even in religion there's like imposter um entities and beings that are using these names and that will represent themselves as being connected to certain things and i think that's the most dangerous part you know it's sort of like having a husband or wife come home and it's not really them and all of a sudden their behavior changes but you're like okay you're kind of rolling with it until you realize whoa wait a second you're not you <laughs> that's really like kind of a scary thing because with social media and with them just being able to monitor groups and put plants in these, you know, particular groups, it's very, very easy to infiltrate um, a benevolent force on this planet and disguise itself and lead people astray to the point where people lose sense of the original one. And then if they do connect with it, they already think it's a psyops because something kind of ruined the name or ruined the movement. That's kind of what I think we're up against in a lot of ways. So hopefully yeah, it's so hard to know um, where to turn and who to trust. Uh, Laura, I'll take and that's a- why I think, it, yeah. Oh, go, go ahead. So another quick timeout back with uh, Laura Eisenhower again, appearing at Starway or Stairway to the Stars, November 10th, 11th, and 12th in Las Vegas, disclosurefest.org for more information. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. And we are back with Laura Eisenhower. The book is Awakening the Truth Frequency into the Unified Field. The website, CosmicGaia.org. CosmicGaia.org. Um, how much does does Trump know? Does he know everything? Does he know everything that, that Kennedy was told by Ike? Does he know about the unconditional surrender and all of that? I would hope so. I mean, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. And when I was given this information, I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. And um, of course, I've tried to reach out to other people just like, hey, you guys know about this. And I, I'm pretty certain that he must. Um, I, I really do feel he must know this because how 
how thick the swamp has become is not because we just have crappy people that have been voted in. Most of them we didn't vote in that are making way too um, big of decisions for the human race or forcing people into things with with major threats that come along with it that aren't necessarily in the U.S. government, but are a part of the greater sort of, you know, who and United Nations and just, you know, the sort of bigger forum of world leaders and directing world leaders in a very, you know, dark kind of way. Um, these are individuals that he is outwardly opposed. Um, he might have seemed to warm up to them in certain videos that might have caused people question marks, but what are you supposed to do when you're in that position? I mean, look at Eisenhower. He was surrounded by these individuals, but he knew what was going on. And if he was told about this and briefed about this, I would imagine that somebody like Trump would be given that information, if not directly from folks like even Val Thor, but I have no proof of that. There's no way for me to say that. Nobody has told me that, but why would this just end with somebody like Eisenhower and then to end with Kennedy to just be, you know, passed on to folks like Reagan and, um, you know, and there are a lot of attempts on, on Trump now, how much he's willing to share and how much he's got to keep close. Uh, I mean, I think he's exposed enough in just saying we will not consent. I think a lot of people lost trust when Operation Warp Speed happened, but he never mandated anything. I mean, for a while I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? But when you really look at it and look at the situation, you know, he's sort of in, I almost see like a wink, wink, look, I already like brought up all these other therapeutics and never stood for the tyrannical rulership that these others have. Um, I, I do believe he must be getting some sort of um, advising. Uh, but, you know, folks like Dan have even said he doesn't talk directly to the White Hats. Um, I don't know who he talks to. And uh, but I would imagine that he would know um, or else he'd be easily duped by some of these people because you're not going to know there's a, a, a swamp that needs to be drained unless you really, really know who these characters are. And they're not going to present themselves as being these sort of characters um, for the human race to know. And I mean, the thing is, Trump is not a groomed president. So he he has the benefit of not being an alter, not being somebody that can be easily controlled or switched on or off or, or you know, used as a puppet. So that alone, um, I think, really proves that there was a preparation that that was over the course of time that put him in a position to even be able to be in office, which is something that they didn't even think was going to happen. So I, I feel he must have gotten a lot of assistance and support. Now we see the election fraud and how difficult it was for him this 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 particular time around because um, they really had to amp it up in order to keep him out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I know I'm kind of answering it in a long kind of way, but I would imagine without any proof that he knows this. And um, I, I just feel it in his words. And I feel because of what he knows, he's been targeted in the media to be the white supremacist, to be sort of that Nazi guy. You know, that's what they also do with Eisenhower. He's the one that signed the treaties, right? They'll do anything they possibly can to smear the ones that are looking out for us. And and they've, they've, they've done a tremendous disservice to, uh, and of course, that's what they do. So that is the machine. That is the worst weapon of all is the media. And he knows exactly how they've been playing um, and, and playing the public against him. So I can't imagine that he wouldn't, you know, understand that these projects and this infiltration and the surrender agreement had taken place. And if he doesn't know about the surrender agreement, he certainly must know about Project Paperclip because he knows that the whole media, you know, is a weapon 
to the minds of the people and everything in our school systems that the kids are dealing with. Um, it doesn't seem like he's at all in agreement to it. So uh, it's either he's seeing the obvious and probably wouldn't be surprised finding that out, or he must know. I can't imagine somebody in his position wouldn't. So um, what is the the plan? If, if Trump is victorious in 2024 and they can't steal that one, um, then, I mean, what does the, the Galactic Federation have in mind for us? I mean, and is, is Trump's election going to maybe pave the way for their plan or do they need Trump to be elected? Well, I mean, there's certain, I think, federations we need to be very wary of that aren't what we think they are. And I don't, you know, there's the Galactic Federation of Light, there's the Galactic Federation of Worlds, and there's conflicting information. So I don't want to say it's this or that because I'm kind of on the fence, but from what I've come to understand about Val Thoris, he was rogue. He wasn't a part of any kind of federation that might've changed, but there was a non-intervention agreement that might've changed as well, that there wouldn't be um, this intervening benevolent force, um, but we would be up against sort of the more nefarious and darker groups. And, um, and there was just an agreement unless you went rogue, unless you were going to just do it because you were going to take that risk. Um, it doesn't mean that we've just been subjected to nothing but the negatives. But when we really look at what awakening is about, we we are waking up to the fact that there's switched off dormant DNA that we need to switch back on, that there's been all sorts of manipulation to our DNA and that we have it within ourselves to, you know, kind of wake up. But we've needed a lot more assistance than that. So if Val Thor did go rogue, is he still rogue? So there's a lot of imposter that present themselves as being Val Thor and I think also a positive federation that people are channeling that I'm a little bit nervous about. Um, but if Trump's in office, I feel with Space Force and with, uh, you know, a, a greater knowledge base out of all the leaders that we've been dealing with um, because of the baton that I kind of have heard about being passed down um, to his administration, that we would be way more equipped to have on a larger level uh, the discernment we need in a leader. Um, I think it would be very hard for somebody like him to be played because this goes like way back. Um, and uh, as far as how this is all transpired since Val Thor started to advise Eisenhower and since, you know, this infiltration has taken place. So I feel there's a problem reaction solution and that if there is a fake alien invasion, some benevolent group is going to come in and be like, we're going to just like help you guys out of this mess and this and that. And people are going to mistake that for the Federation. Now, somebody like Trump going to be able to see through that. Well, I hope that he would open up a greater advisory board to a lot of the whistleblowers and a lot of the disclosure people that have been in this field for a long time, a lot of the contractees and experiencers, and be one of those open-minded type of individuals that wouldn't stop short in what he's been advised. Um, but at the same time, more than likely, he's gotten the good advising, right? But I would just hope that he would have the sort of humility and foresight to want to create a larger discussion about this because people like us have been in this field for more than a decade, exposing all we possibly can, interviewing people. I've, I have a lot of clients that, you know, and this needs to be opened up for a lot more than just somebody making a decision for the human race on behalf of a group of individuals or ETs that he might be connected with. So I have faith because he seems to be about the people. And um, so that's kind of a tough question because I'm still very wary of certain aspects of what a federation you know, might present themselves as. Because what I like about sort of Val Thor and some of the ones that feel like the Guardians, they're not going to do it for us. They're not going to come save the day. They're encouraging us to remember the fullness of all that we are 
and that we have it within us to be able to save ourselves and overcome all of this. Um, but it's just a matter of understanding, did the non-intervention agreement phase out? Because there's the prime directive. There's sort of like I hear from some that now they're allowed to now, you know, things have changed as far as that uh, is concerned. And so the best we can do as a human race is develop our discernment, our bullshit meter, um, really do the inner work uh, and just prepare ourselves for all sorts of different scenarios and not blindly trust it because we've been so traumatized and so thrown into survival that we can't think clearly, which is what they're attempting to do when this next wave comes in, that we won't even be able to think because of all the other stuff. You know, so it's very chronological if you think about it. You know, we'll start with this virus and then we'll have the jet, you know, and then we'll create this opposition and divide and conquer between the people that if we could just overcome that piece, regardless if you got jabbed or not, this is no reason for us to be divided, that right. we just, just choose love. And that's like, to me, the alchemical ingredient that these times and what this window period holds, that is really about understanding the mother energy, the ascension timeline that is very, very anchored in the planetary grid network and encoded in our DNA, that we feel confident in what's unfolding within ourselves to be able to see through, you know, what might show up as being, well, you guys can't do it. So we're going to do it for you. That to me is a big red flag. So how much Trump is going to be privy to that? Out of all people, he's probably better equipped to help guide us through this than anybody else. But um, we also, you know, want to be very careful and also very forgiving because it's it's easy for anybody to be manipulated. But at least, you know, it seems like he he's the kind of person that won't just um, run wild with it without checking with uh, some experts and um, and uh, making sure that you know. I mean, Dan said that he did get compromised along the way, but once you notice it, you can pull yourself out of it. And it seems like he he has already created corrections in his speeches for things that might have caused people to question. So I think we just have to be really, really careful when it comes to anything disclosure. And that's why, uh, you know, I'm hoping, um, yeah, it, it just gets a little bit more obvious and clear because um, a lot of people are saying Valthor is a part of the Galactic Federation of Worlds. And from what I come to understand, decades ago, um, he was rogue. And when I say that to those people, they get really angry and really defensive. And truth shouldn't get angry or defensive. If you're really solid, what, what does it matter what I have to say? Truth is truth. It doesn't need believers. It just is, right? So that that's sort of something to watch out for as well. That um, so many people are longing for contact and longing to just not feel alone and to feel like there's that... But we've almost been groomed to to feel this way. So I just think we need to understand we have ET genetics, we have dormant DNA, we have so much within us that we need to remind ourselves of. And if we can get ourselves on that trajectory of switching that on, we are going to have contact with beings that are walking with us and supporting us, not saving us. And I know that's to come. And if we can get there before we get hijacked by a so-called benevolent group that are going to help us win the war against the Dracos, well... They have the holographic technology to make themselves look like very high level ETs. Are you going to be getting into uh, all of this at the uh, Stairway to the Stars conference in Las Vegas in November? Yeah, I, I, I definitely. It's, it's, it's. I don't know if I really got into it um, completely and totally to that level in my book, but I think it sort of spells it out in my book. But yeah, I, I tend to talk about it a bit more indirectly. That just encouraging people to understand what our junk DNA is, what it's truly made of. It holds higher harmonic universes. It's just the fire codes got scrambled. It's called junk DNA, but 
It's all about the integration of polarity. It really is a love story. It's like, I look at the inverted parasitic system, like a bad partner we need to break up with and divorce because we deserve better. We deserve true love. We know that in our micro world, when we're up against it with friends and partners that just make us miserable, we realize they've lied or deceived or they're holding a facade that we eventually see through that when we cut the cords with that, it starves it. It like, cause it requires a host cause it's parasitic. It's lost its connection with source energy. So I kind of approach it from that angle and then let the chips fall where they may, but at least we are focusing on the remembrance of all that we are and what we've been taught that makes us think different. And, um, and that hopefully, um, because I, I'm, I'm just afraid of the con. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say that I'm avoiding anything, but the controversy that begins to develop, you know, when I, I, I might approach it from what I'm sharing with you now, and I don't know how the audience is going to react. You know, there's a lot of people that you know would would maybe be in massive disagreement. Like, oh no, I, you know, I'm a contactee of the Galactic Federation. What she's saying is bunk. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. These are just things to watch out for. So, where can we direct our attention in order to be prepared to be able to begin to see through these things? Is all I kind of focus on in my talks, and then uh, yeah, but I mean, I do tend to bring up the problem reaction solution. Yeah. And that's a big portion of my book. So yeah, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about, um, yeah, the alchemy, um, coming in with the 13th sign, how that relates to our DNA and the mitochondrial DNA and how that purifies the nucleic acids of our DNA begins to dissolve the frequency fences and the net that surrounds the planet so that we can begin to access our multidimensional existence, which connects us with the creative imagination, which when purified and cleared, isn't running the programmings that are enabling the very future and scenarios that we don't want to see because it really, it doesn't have any power except for the power that it stole and that it's stolen from us. And it can only implant the programmings in us to manifest it for them because they are archonic. They have no creative energy except for the creative energy they've stolen. So we're actually the battery behind the artificial timelines. That's actually us and our um, being misinformed or in amnesia or forgetfulness that is actually creating the very thing we don't want to see. They just focus with the suggestion of, yeah, believe this. Yeah. Believe that, you know, and yes, it gets tyrannical. It gets a little scary, but you know, let's not fear death. Let's stand for truth. Cause it'll guide us. And it'll show us that, you know, death is just a doorway and we continue to live, but let's not compromise ourselves anymore. They don't deserve another ounce of our attention or energy. That's going to be <laughs> some presentation, Laura Eisenhower at the stairway to the Stars Conference DisclosureFest.org for more information, November 10th, 11th, 12th in Las Vegas at the Luxor Hotel. She'll be speaking on the Friday and the Sunday. And that's uh, that's going to be quite an event. Wish I could be there with you. Great to uh, finally meeting you after uh, so long. I'm sorry I left it so long. I won't uh, make that mistake again. I'd love to speak with you oh, again. Gosh. Oh, I would love that too. And no, it's perfect timing and it's incredible to meet you. I've really enjoyed being on your show and I look forward to more in the future and meeting you in person someday. <laughs> One day. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much. Bye. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 